give him the money. Good morning, everybody. Good morning on Facebook. Good morning. He's got to learn to do announcements sometimes. This could be a good beginning. <laughs> yeah. Anderson, you can say a few syllables. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. It's a great day. Mother's Day, yeah. Yeah, Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in. Happy Mother's Day. And happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in on SoundCloud and our podcast, too, at Word of the Ranch. We thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. we got a special treat today. Miss Dr. Marilyn Neubauer is here with us this morning. And we're thrilled to have her. We first met Marilyn at Foothill Family Church when the Lord sent us there in 2013. And the first time I heard Marilyn speak, I said, I'm going to partner with her. And uh, we have, and we have been ever since then. So praise God. Uh, We didn't really have much back then, but as we've been consistent to sow and to support men and women, sent of God, amen, ordained by God, we've just grown and grown, and we're able to support her more and more. So praise God. She's a great minister to partner with she's good soil and she's been doing it a long time so praise god forever <laughs> amen i just want to boast on her a little bit here <laughs> before we begin i just want to give her your, her schedule for this year and uh so we can just thank god she's with us here today <laughs> you were just in oklahoma may 1st correct at family worship center may 15th she's going to be in aurora illinois may 22nd elwood city pennsylvania May 25th, Troy, Pennsylvania. May 29th, Spring Mills, Pennsylvania. June 10th, Needles, California. Bullhead City, Arizona, June 12th. June 19th, Big Bear. July 10th, Big Bear. Um, September 4th, Dayton, Tennessee. September 14th, Erie, Pennsylvania. September 17th, Warren, Pennsylvania. September 18th, Fredonia, New York. Can you tell she travels? <laughs> and yeah, we support her. Praise God forever. Again, she is good soil and good to partner with. And uh, let's see here. September 19th through 20th, Warren, Pennsylvania. And then Germany and Poland were were canceled because of the Ukraine thing going down. But she was scheduled to go there as well. She gets around. Praise God. And the healing anointings on her ministry. So we're privileged to have you here today. Thank you for spending your Mother's Day with us today. We love you. If you'd like to support and partner with Marilyn directly, you can do so at MarilynNewbauer.com. And I like it because she's on Venmo, too. So I can send offerings right to her Venmo. Amen. And Marilyn Neubauer. So praise God. Well, without further ado, let's give a hand clap to Dr. Marilyn Neubauer. Thank you, Marilyn. I'll catch anything that falls. It's windy. Thank you. That's right. Well, it's an honor to be here. Wow, we have a full house today, huh? Happy Mother's Day. And happy fathers. <laughs> happy fathers. And happy everybody. And happy all of you that are online. Thank you for uh, joining in today. And it is an honor and a blessing to be here. And I wanted to share a couple of things that I have on the table in the back. Because, you know, when you have to build your faith, or when a carpenter builds a house, he has to use tools. If we're going to build our faith, we have to use tools. So I have a tool table in the back. They'll help you build your faith. Amen. Some of you are familiar with some of my product. This is um, a book. It's called Instructions from the Great Physician. This actually went number one on Amazon in two categories. And the second category was the new age. 
about this book, <laughs> but number one with New Age as well as in the awesome. Christian um, organization. But it talks about God's medicine. And you know, the difference between God's medicine and man's medicine is God's medicine has no negative side effects. Now that's encouraging. <laughs> and you can't overdose. There's no way you can even begin to overdose on God's medicine. But you have to follow the instructions. I also have that book in an audio form because sometimes if people are really sick, you don't, you're not just able to sit down and read a book, although it's not a very big book, but you can listen to it. And the scriptures are in the back, so it's a nice to have that audio book. I don't know if I had this here when I was here last time or not. This has become really very popular recently, but it's called Guidelines Praying for the Sick. You know, we're all called to pray for the sick, but it really helps you to have guidelines because there's many things you have to understand about praying for the sick. One thing, you have to learn to locate people's faith. You need to know where they are and then meet them on that level, and then you can take them to the next level. I can remember when I was in Abande Ache after the, that major uh, tsunami that they had years ago, and uh, we were having a, a church service, and the church was, I think we had about 250 Muslims came to that service. And they assumed that they were Christians because they weren't practicing the Muslim faith. But I knew they weren't born again. But they just thought, well, I'm not a Muslim, so I must be a Christian. But I knew I couldn't tell them, well, no, you're not a Christian, because they would have all walked out on me. I had to meet them on their level. So I said to them, I am so happy to hear that all of you are Christians. And now that you're a Christian, I want to share with you how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, they thought that was just the greatest thing they'd ever heard. <laughs> so I mean, all 250 came forward to receive salvation. But see, you need to reach people where they are. And this talks about how to locate people's faith. It also talks about many reasons why people don't receive healing. And there's some reasons why you wouldn't even think that that was a reason, but it's a reason. And so we need to understand those things. This is my latest book. Um, I may have had this when I was here. My Three Miracles, The Journey, because it talks about all three miracles that I had. But there's a journey to receiving a miracle. And so it's very, very encouraging to understand the journey that I went on because you can glean from what somebody else went through and how you can apply that to your life. This I don't think I had with me last time. It's called, you know the scripture says, the battle is the Lord's? Well, this is a battle card. <laughs> and it talks about all the things the Lord does. The battle is the Lord. Therefore, Lord, you deliver me from the snare of the fowler. You deliver me from uh, unreasonable attacks. You break down that wall of separation. You laugh at the plots of the wicked. You give me wisdom and knowledge. You enlighten my understanding. You make the crooked places straight. You multiply my seed sown. You rebuke the devourer. You cover me with your blood. You give me inner strength. You restore my soul. You heal my body. Lord, you fight all my battles. And then on this side, there's all scriptures for healing or for uh, praise. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will, <clears throat> I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. All these praise scriptures, because that's what we do. This is what he does. And then, therefore, I praise you, I worship you, I magnify you. And this, I know I had this because this has been a long time. <laughs> One of my uh, favorite things, but it's, it's a laminated car that you put in the bathroom shower. So it's laminated, so I have mine on the opposite side of the faucet so it doesn't just drip down onto it. But it's laminated, so it's designed to go into the bathroom shower. And there's scriptures on both sides, one's for health and one's for wealth. 
And I chose those two topics because those are the two areas where the devil will attack you the most, in your physical body or your finances. So it's just an excellent, excellent tool. And then I've been doing some classes on Zoom uh, since, well, that, that first year of COVID, I went 13 months without one, not one ministry, not one meeting for 13 months. And so I started to do some um, Zoom classes, but I will give you a testimony what happened at the end of those 13 months, because, you know, God is so faithful, so faithful. So I had nothing in 13 months. And then the very beginning of 2021, I just went to the post office and picked up, I had a, a phone bill and another piece of junk mail. And then there was a, there's an envelope in there. And I opened up the envelope that there was in one day, one check equaled my whole year's salary. Wow. One day came up for the 13 months in one day, one check. God is the way maker. So just never give up. And you just have to keep tithing and giving and sowing and just keeping your heart right with the Lord. Amen. Because he is faithful, faithful, faithful. But also, I have another class that's coming up June 2nd, and it's on how to handle disappointments in life. As long as we are on this earth, there's going to be a shattered dream, a broken heart, a major, major disappointment. And that was one of the greatest lessons I learned because I wouldn't even be in the ministry today, or I wouldn't even be where I am in my personal life today had I not learned how to handle disappointments in life. And so it's going to be on June 2nd. You can... Um, there's a sign-up sheet on that back table. You can just put your name and email, and I will send you the details. But don't miss out, because as long as we are on this earth, there's going to be a disappointment. And we need to learn how to handle them so that we can rise above them. Because otherwise, you become a, a victim to this. Right. You, you just stay in slavery. You can never fulfill your destiny. You have to run your race. You can't run your race if there's something holding you down. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your holy written word today. And we just thank you, Father God, for the precious Holy Spirit that is with us to reveal the truth of your word. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I am going to talk about healing, one of my favorite subjects to speak on. But so often people say, and we know how important it is to, to speak the word of God and to confess God's word. Amen. We know how important the words are. But sometimes people will say to me, well, how can I say... How can I say that? How can I say I'm healed when my body says I'm sick? Because our body speaks loud, doesn't it? It's either hungry or it ate too much <laughs> or it's hot or it's cold. or You know, your body speaks to you. Well, how can I say I'm healed when my body is telling me I'm sick? Well, the answer is very simple because it is written. Isaiah 53, 5 says, by his stripes you are healed. It doesn't say you're going to be it says you are. And then in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, By his stripes you were healed. You were. So if the Bible says you are and you were, well then, honey, you is. <laughs> so see, you have to see yourself as the Word of God says you are. And how can you get to that place? Because the eye of faith sees first what the natural eye does not yet see. The eye sees the invisible. The eye of faith sees the invisible. How are you going to get to that place? You want to take, if it's just one healing scripture, for example, in Isaiah 53, 5, that by his stripes you are healed. You read that over and over. You don't just think about it. You don't just walk around the house quoting it. You keep it before your eyes. 
faith comes by hearing, it needs to hear your own voice say what God said about you. And when you just keep reading it over and over and over until it comes from here and gets in here. Because faith is of the heart. So we have to live from the inside out. Everything begins within here, in your heart, within the spirit. Amen? <clears throat> you know, I never talk against doctors. I don't talk against medicine because God uses doctors and he uses medicine. I mean, God can anoint a doctor just as much as he can a preacher. Amen. But it says in Luke 18, 27, the things that are impossible with man is possible with God. Amen. Or you could say the things that are impossible for the doctor, it is possible with God. There's never a hopeless situation with God. Amen. I want to share one of my testimonies because doctors treat, but Jesus is the healer. Amen. When I was uh, 28 years old, I became very sick with cancer. I had cancer of the appendix. It's a very rare type of cancer, and it's very difficult for the doctors to recognize that type of cancer. So I was, they didn't know what was wrong with me, and after just going downhill so quickly after about five months, the doctor said, Marilyn, we need to put you back in the hospital because I do not know what's wrong with you. But we're going to do exploratory surgery, and maybe we'll find the problem. So I was in the hospital and the nurse came in to prep me for surgery, but because they didn't know what was wrong with me, they gave me a wrong procedure. And that procedure put pressure on my appendix and caused my appendix to begin to rupture. It felt like there was a volcano on the inside of me about to erupt. I got out of bed, it was a real struggle to get out of bed now and walk, but I managed to get into the restroom. And when I got in there, I saw something that grabbed my attention a little red button on the side of the wall that said emergency and I knew I need to hit the button and I went to touch that button when God in all of his love all of his goodness intervened in my life as I went to touch the button my finger bounced away I thought what was that I need to hit the button I reached out my finger again and the second time my finger bounced away I thought I've got to hit that button I reached out a third time, but this time with my whole hand. And suddenly I realized, well, there's a wall. A wall between my hand and that button. I couldn't see the wall, but I could feel it. And I couldn't get past the wall to hit the button. And then I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. And he spoke three times. The first thing he said was, your time is up. Under your present condition, you are destined to die. Now that's a strong report when it's coming from God, not the doctor. This is God speaking. He said, your time is up. And then he spoke the second time. He says, your life has been removed from the hands of mankind. Your condition is now beyond the health of the medical profession. And I knew it had something to do with that procedure. And then he spoke the third time and he said, and most beautiful of all, he began to quote from the Gospel of John. And you'll know the scripture. I am the way the truth and the life and then he said through me you can change your destiny you don't have to die and I immediately responded back to the Lord I said Lord I've read that scripture so many times and I always thought you were talking about spiritual salvation only well I know Lord I know the day I got born again so you must be talking about a physical salvation like healing so Lord, I don't know one thing about healing, but I do know that you love me. 
And if you're telling me that you have a healing for me, I take it. Now, I didn't know what to expect to happen because I had, I had zero knowledge of healing. I had never learned anything in my church about healing. Although I had been in church all of my life, I used to get a pin for perfect attendance. <laughs> perfect attendance. But yet I had never heard one thing about healing. But I, I just knew that God loved me. And at that moment, after I said, I, I just, I'll take it, it seemed like my pain absolutely magnified. And fear wanted to grip me. And you know, if you don't have knowledge or some, of something, it's very easy to get into fear. But somehow I just knew, never give place to fear. And I took my left hand and I, I grabbed my stomach because the pain was so intense. I actually thought, I actually thought the pain could kill me. It was just so, so intense. And I took my right hand and I reached out to hold on to the railing on the side of the hospital. There's a little railing, a wall, a little, a little railing there, I guess you could call it. And I reached out to hold on to that to keep from falling to the floor. And then everything within me, I cried out to God. I said, God, help me, help me, help me. And at that moment, the scripture in Isaiah 41:13 came alive. It says, for I, the Lord your God, will take hold of your right hand. Fear not, I will help you. Is that not the most beautiful scripture when you're crying, help me, God? He says, I will help you. Amen. And at that moment, I literally, literally felt Jesus take hold of my right hand. I looked over at my hand, and I couldn't see Jesus, but I could actually feel his fingers, and I felt his thumb, and he squeezed my hand. It was a gentle squeeze. But at the same time, there was so much authority in that touch. And I began to sense agape love like I've never experienced in all my life. And then I, I just knew that it was not just his love for me, but his love for all humanity. That just, that just love was just saturating in me. And then heat started coming out of his hand into my hand. And then the heat started to rise up my arms, almost like watching mercury in a thermometer but the heat rose up, and when it reached my shoulder, the best way for me to describe it is the motion of lift continued, and the Lord lifted my spirit out of my body, and he opened my eyes to look into the spirit realm, and I actually saw my body in my hospital room, and I actually witnessed the suffering of my body, but I could feel no pain because he began to teach me that I was a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. And so my spirit had left my body, and so he let me look down and see my body. I witnessed the suffering. And the Lord began to teach me many other things about healing, which is why that's become the main thrust of my ministry. But then when Jesus finished teaching me, he let go of my hand, and I was instantly, instantly back in my body. And I felt all around my stomach, and there was no pain. No pain. And I just said, I'm healed. I'm healed. But I didn't even know what I was healed of yet. I just knew I'd been touched by God and I was healed. And all I wanted to do was go back to my bed and worship the Lord. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to just embrace and stay in that cocoon and just worship. And then about maybe an hour later, the orderly, I was taken to my uh, recovery room. And the doctor came in to talk to me and he said, Marilyn, something must have happened to you before the operation. He said, because during the surgery, I found cancer, but the cancer was not touching anything. It was just like it was just floating around all by itself. He said, I just literally, I just reached in, and I picked it up, and I took it out. 
I didn't have to cut anything. You don't need any chemotherapy. You don't need any radiation because it wasn't touching anything. He said something. I think he wanted to say somebody must have touched you. <laughs> he just kept I know something happened. And then back in those days, if they made a mistake, they would admit their mistake. He said, you know, we did make a mistake, and we gave you a wrong procedure, which should have killed you, but something stopped it. And later, when I was alone in my room, I heard the Lord speak to me one more time. You know, the, li the Bible says he knows us by our name. And I heard the Lord whisper, Marilyn, when I was holding your hand, I was holding back your appendix from rupturing so the doctor could go in and remove the cancer in its entirety because I wanted you to know exactly what I did for you. Amen. God is good. Amen. Yeah. Now, just recently, this is a part that I don't really share too often, but I was talking to a pastor recently, preaching up in, uh, in Oregon, and he said, Marilyn, why do you think God intervened in your life like that? Why do you think you had an instant miracle, and you didn't have, even have any knowledge of healing. Why, why do you, was there something, do you, can you think of anything, why he would have done that? And I said, I know exactly why he did it. If you have your Bible, you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. Ephesians 6, verse 2. This is Mother's Day. And in Ephesians 6, 2, it says, Honor your father and your mother. And then it goes on to say that it will be well with you and you will live long on the earth. Now, when I was 16 years old, <clears throat> you know, sometimes when you're a teenager, but not just teenagers, as an adult, <clears throat> sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes we want to do something that's very selfish. We don't think about anybody else but ourselves. And at 16, there was something special I wanted to do. I wasn't even thinking about it being a selfish thing. It was just something I wanted to do. And as I was in the process of doing this, a scripture rose up on the inside of me. Honor your father and your mother, and it'll be well with you, and you'll live long on the earth. And immediately I thought, oh, I know that scripture. And then I continued on with my process of doing what I wanted to do. And the scripture rose up a second time. Honor your father and your mother. And I thought, mm, yeah, yeah, I, I know that scripture. I learned that scripture in confirmation class. I learned all the Ten Commandments. I know all those Ten Commandments. And then I continued on the process of doing what I was going to do. And it rose up on the inside of me a third time. And I said, Lord, why do you keep telling me that? I know that scripture. And he said, then do it. <laughs> then do it. How many scriptures do you know that you don't do? How many scriptures do you never apply? You know the word, but you don't apply it. He said, I want you to do it. And so I did it. I, I withdrew from what I was going to do so that I would honor my parents. And then, when I'm 28 years old in that hospital room, and God intervened in my life, he said, because I promised you, I promised you if you would honor your parents, I would satisfy you with long, strong life. And if God has to intervene to fulfill that promise, he will do it. And every promise that he promises you, if he has to intervene, he will do it. But we have to do our part. And because it is Mother's Day, you know, sometimes people, you need to think back. Is, is there maybe something that maybe your parents did that 
you know, you need to forgive them for or do something for them. We've all done some things that we've not been happy that we've done, amen? But just go back in your life because if you don't do these things, it can hinder every blessing that God has for you because he will intervene and he intervened in my life, amen? I'm so grateful that I learned what it means because so often, and actually in my miracles, all three of them, there was an act of obedience of something to do before I got the miracle. And even when I was on my deathbed with malaria, and the doctor said, Marilyn, you're dying. You're dying. You've only got hours left to live. If you want to say goodbye to your family, you need to notify them today. And I learned how to apply the word of God. And within hours, I had an instant miracle. You know, God does things instantly. He does things suddenly. And then in my, my third miracle, when I was believing for the disappearance of a tumor, I thought, been there, done that, don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> and so the doctor said, if we can't dissolve the tumor in six, six weeks, we're going to have to do surgery. You know, if you're going to go to the doctor, do what the doctor says. If you're going to go to a lawyer, do what the lawyer says. And I said, well, I'll do what you tell me to do. But I told the Lord, I said, I want another miracle. And I said, that's such a key thing. If you need healing or you want a miracle, ask God. I said, Lord, tell me what is my part? What do I need to do? What word do I need to apply to get my miracle? Because I said, Lord, I want another miracle. So tell me, what is it that you need me to do? Show me my part. And during those six weeks, the tumor kept growing and growing and growing. And I was doing everything I knew in the Word of God. I was taking God's medicine every hour on the hour. You know, if you need something, you need to double up, triple up, quadruple up on that medicine. Because just like you could take man's medicine, you could take God's medicine. And it has no negative side effects. So you could just keep doubling up and doubling up and doubling up. And I was fasting because when you fast, it causes the ear of your spirit to be more in tune to the voice of your Father. I asked a question. I want to make sure I don't miss that answer. And then the Bible also says that if you're sick, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church, have the laying on of hands, let them anoint you with oil. I had done that. And then it was the day before, it was the day, my last day to go to the doctor to get my miracle testimony. And I was actually excited to go to the doctor because I thought, I know, Lord, you're going you're gonna to perform your word. And so I went to the doctor for my last checkup prior to having surgery if it's not, if it's not dissolved. And the doctor said, Marilyn, the tumor is still growing. Now it's the size of a small grapefruit. So now we're going to have to do surgery. And at that moment, I mean, it's kind of like I just checked out. I checked out, and I'm talking to God, and I'm in the spirit realm, and I said, no. And I actually said, Lord, she's not cooperating with me. She's supposed to tell me I had another miracle. She's not cooperating. And I just, I was like I was in that spiritual realm where I, I, I could almost hear the devil laughing at me. And he said, you got that one miracle one time. Don't think you're going to get another. Well, that's just like the devil. It's just like the devil. And it was like I was facing the spiritual junction. The doctor said, now uh, we're going to do surgery and you're probably going to hemorrhage and all these negative things. And she's saying negative things and the devil's laughing at me. And I said, no, I'm going to keep my eyes on Calvary because it is written by his stripes. I am healed. Amen. And so the doctor said, you need to go to the hospital tomorrow. This is on a Monday, so you need to go to the hospital on Tuesday. We're going to run all kinds of tests. And because we need to do a lot of pictures before we do the operation. 
I said, I'll go there. I mean, I'm going to do what the doctor says, but my faith, I'm believing for this miracle. And so that morning I got up before I went to the hospital, the Lord spoke to me because I'd asked him a question. That morning, he's given me the answer. He said, I want you to go to church this morning and have the laying on of hands and the anointing of oil. Now, see, that was one of the things I had already done. So when the Lord said that to me, go to church and have the laying on the hands and the anointing of oil, you know what I did? I said to God, I said, oh, I already did it. I was so proud of myself. I thought, wow, I'm ahead of God. I already did it. And then he said, I said, go to church this morning. I thought, oh, this, this is God speaking to me. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And I went over to church. You know, God has a sense of humor because my church is always closed on Tuesdays. They have staff meetings and nobody's there. I said, Lord, you want me to go? I'll go. As soon as I pulled in the, in the driveway, the parking lot, the pastor pulled up right next to me. He was the one that had previously paid for, prayed for me. He said, did you forget that church is closed today? I said, no, I remember, but the Lord told me to come and have you pray for me again. He said, some of the elders are already here. Come on in. And he said, Marilyn, before I pray for you, what exactly do you want me to agree with you on? And I said, Pastor, when you pray today, I want you to agree with me that when those test results are taken at the hospital, the results will show there's absolutely nothing there. And he said, if that's where your faith is, I'll hook mine up with yours. And so he prayed. That was a perfect way of him saying that. He prayed, anointed me with oil. And uh, I, went, I went to the hospital. And when I had the test taken, the tumor, there absolutely was nothing there. It was completely, and the doctor said, you are my first miracle patient. But what I want to emphasize, prior to the Lord telling me to go to the church and have the laying on of hands, I had already done that. Now, why would God ask me to do that a second time? I don't know. It doesn't matter. And I thought about Naaman when he was told to dip in the River Jordan seven times. Seven, why not eight? Why not nine? Why not two? I don't know. The whole thing is you obey what God says. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter, are you going to trust me and obey me? And I thought about, well, Naaman had to dip seven times. If I have to be anointed twice, well, then dip, baby dip. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it takes, I'm going to do what I have to do to get a miracle. But see, that was that act of obedience. Forget about logic. Forget about reasoning. It has nothing to do with that. It's just simply, are you going to obey me? It's just, you, we're, we're, this is boot camp down here. Are you going to obey God in every situation? We have to do that. Yeah. And so that's what I did. But that's how I got my miracles. And now I'm going to give you some illustrations. I'm going to ask three guys to come up here and hold something for me. Just three guys. You don't have to do anything but stand here. <laughs> and John. <laughs> I like to do illustrations. I'll let you, you can kind of be me. <laughs> Don't they look good? Now, because you volunteer, you did volunteer, right? Yes, I did. Yes, you did, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to promote you later, but I just want you, hold it up real high so they can see it over here on, the, on YouTube. So, <clears throat> you are a spirit being, you have a soul, and you live in a body. This is the real you. You know, the Bible says, he that worships me must worship me in spirit and in truth. 
So it's the spirit that worships. It's our spirit that is born again. It's our spirit that's been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, this is where we say, Lord, I love you. This is where the word has to be rich on the inside of you. Not just in your head, it has to be rich in your heart. And then this is your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, your freedom of choice. This is the part of you that needs to be renewed to the word of God every day. Now, I had these two attached because whether you make your bed in heaven or hell, you're going to know where you are through your mind. Amen. But the re another reason why they're attached, you want to have your mind renewed to the word of God every day so that it never argues with the spirit. Because it will argue. Because logic and reason is going to want to take over. And then you're going to say, yeah, but, yeah, no, there's no yeah, buts in the book. Mm -hmm. You have to agree. And the only way you're going to agree is having your mind renewed to the word of God so you begin to think like God thinks. Now, this is a body. Your spirit and your soul, you live in this body 24-7. Amen. Now, not too many people will have an out-of-the-body experience. But every one of you live in a house. Could be a single-story house, a two-story house, but you're not in that house right now. So we could say that you are having an out-of-the-house experience. <laughs> Therefore, you don't know what's happening in your house. You don't know if uh, that maybe somebody's knocking on the door, maybe the light bulb just burned out. You don't know what's happening because you are not in the house. But you, spirit and soul, you live in this house 24-7. If you were to go home today, and God forbid, but if you stood outside in your driveway, and if you saw that your house was a blaze of fire, you wouldn't be burned because you're not in the house, but you would witness the destruction of it. But if it's 4 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning, you wake up because, wow, it's getting hot in the house and you smell smoke, and you get out of bed and you open that bedroom door and you find your house is a blaze of fire, you will feel the effects of that fire because you are in the house. Amen? So just as you are in this house 24-7, if this house is burning up with a fever or it's in pain because it broke an arm, you will know it. Now just like this natural house, it has an outside, an exterior, a roof, door, windows. It also has an interior. Electrical plumbing, electrical, electricity, plumbing, furniture, all kinds of things make up the outside, the inside of your house. This is you. This is your house. This has an outside, hair, nose, skin. It also has an inside. All kinds of organs make up the inside of the house. But this is not you. This is you. So if you ha maybe you might even have a disease on, in your colon or something. But it's not you. So you have to get a revelation that you are a spirit being. You have a mind, emotions. You have a freedom of choice. And then you live in this body. Amen. Amen. I'll promote you in a little bit. Is that okay? <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, John. I'll, I'll be calling you back a little bit. <laughs> Amen. Ready. You're ready. Now turn, if you would, to the book of Romans. Is this helping you this morning? Yes. In Romans chapter 8. I want to begin with uh, verse, well, let me begin in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You know, the Bible says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. That means that we have to walk by truth, not by facts, because truth always supersedes the facts. So we could read it like this, do not walk according to the facts, but according to truth. And then down in verse 6, the mind. 
Remember, the mind needs to be renewed to the Word of God. The mind governed by the facts is death. Now, that word death is not talking about physical death. It's talking about you're going to be living a defeated life. Saved, filled, and defeated instead of saved, filled, and triumphant. But the mind governed, controlled, or we could say ruled by the Spirit is life, peace, healing, wholeness, victory in every arena of life if your mind is governed by the Spirit. Amen. So in Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Take firm hold of instructions, because instructions are your life. <clears throat> I have here a little medicine bottle. I've got this little bottle, and I put a label on here. It says, take one tablet three times a day on an empty stomach. Now, usually if a doctor gives you a prescription, you're going to follow those instructions. But let's just imagine that this is really expensive medication. And you don't want to have to remember to do it three times a day. It's so much easier if you just do it in the morning and be done with it. So you're going to decide, oh, I think I'll take all three, but I'll just do it in the morning. And then I don't have to worry about it till the next morning. Well, you've changed the instructions. You can't change the instructions. They won't work that way. Or you might think, well, because it's so expensive, I'm going to stretch it out. I'll do it every other day. That way you don't only have to buy it every other month. Good deal, right? No, you can't change the instructions. Or you might think, this is so good, I'm going to take the whole thing at once and be done with it. Well, you'll be done all right. <laughs> you have to follow the instructions. And God is saying, take hold of my instructions. Don't let go of them. Don't change them. Don't alter them in any way. Follow the instructions. And then he gives us his instructions beginning in verse 21, 20 of Proverbs chapter 4. My son, give attention to my words. When you go to a doctor, you're always going to get a doctor's report. You come to the Word of God, you get the Lord's report. So there's always going to be two reports. And the Lord is saying, pay attention to my report. Because his report can supersede the doctor's report. He says, so pay attention. One, one uh, translation says, don't lose sight of my words or don't lose sight of my report. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will bring life and radiant health to your body. So it's so critical that we take and follow every single instruction. We can't alter it in any way. Incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, you've got to be a, have a teachable attitude. Sometimes people say, well, Uncle Charlie always believed this. Well, no, forget about Uncle Charlie. <laughs> it's about God. Amen. Lay aside old opinions, your own thoughts, things that you've heard in the past. Just be open to what the Word says. Amen. Amen. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the middle of your heart. <clears throat> so you might have a lot of scriptures memorized, but the Bible isn't telling you just walk around the house, hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm healed, I'm healed. No. It says don't let it depart from your eyes. See, even though you might have something memorized, this holy written Bible, if you were to accumulate all the books in the entire world, you'd only find one book that has been breathed with the breath of God, and that is his holy written word. Amen. So when you're reading the word, you have your eyes focused on by his stripes, I am healed. Sometimes you can be reading a scripture and those words can jump off the page at you. You might have read something a thousand times, but then one day, wow, something just jumped off the page at you. Why? Because... It's alive. Amen. This is alive. So you want to keep that word before you. It says, don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the middle of your heart for their life to those that find them. 
obey them get a revelation of them. the more you read it the more you're going to get a revelation of it amen and then it will be health to your flesh and then in verse 23 keep and guard your heart from all diligence because it, it is it brings life keep and guard your heart with all diligence diligence for out of it spring the issue of life you have to breathe and speak and just saturate yourself in god's word in his medicine too often today, when people get a negative report, the first thing they do, they want to go ask Mr. Google. Yeah. Mr. Google is not the healer. Right. Mr. Google is only programmed to give facts. Right. Facts breed fear. Yeah. And fear is the enemy of your faith. Right. In every arena of life, whether it's for healing, for finances, relationships, you've got to say, what does the word say? Don't go asking Mr. Google. He has no information that's going to bless you in any way, shape, or form. Amen. So you want to come into agreement with this word. Forget about logic and reasoning, but come into agreement with the word of God. And we know that the word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we know the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. So when, when you're coming into agreement with the word of God, you're coming into agreement with the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit represents the anointing of God. So you're coming into agreement with the anointing. And a more clear word, what is the anointing? It's the power of God. So now you have come into the agreement with the power of God. The power to remove the burden of sickness and to destroy every bondage of every sickness and every disease. You've come into agreement with that. But you have to come into, you have to believe it, you have to see it, you have to speak it. But that power isn't automatically activated. It is activated through the words that we speak. It's just like, there's electricity in here. But before, I came in here right before Eli came and the lights weren't on yet. But he hadn't, he didn't call the power company last week and tell them to disconnect the power. No, the power was still here. But see, power can exist and do nothing until it's activated. So power by itself can do nothing. The Word of God can do nothing until it's activated. You understand that? It's so important that we activate the Word of God. You know, one thing I love about, um, in Romans 8, 11, it says, but the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Amen. So the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. He represents one-third of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son. Jesus is sitting in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. They're in heaven. But God has imparted one-third of himself to live on the inside of you and me. To me, that that's beyond awesome. Now, you know, we're hearing so many things about... Uh, the Ukraine and, and Afghanistan and all the bombs. And bombs are very, very destructive. I mean, if someone were to throw a bomb over here at this keyboard, it not only would destroy the keyboard, it would break the windows, the floor. It, would, it destroys everything else around it, not just its target. But a bomb, as powerful as they can be, no bomb ever will, nor has ever, it will never happen, where a bomb will be powerful enough to reach the pit of hell. No bomb will be strong enough to reach the pit of hell. That is never going to happen. Amen? But the same power that did reach the pit of hell and raise Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you and me. 
that power that's on the inside of us has the ability to zero in on a malignant tumor, destroy all those cancer cells, and never harm any healthy tissue around it. That's how much power is on the inside of us. That's, that's beyond awesome. Beyond awesome. But we have to get a revelation of that, and we have to live according to what that word says. Let me show you one more thing. about. I want to just say something else about power. In, uh, in Proverbs 18, 21... Matter of fact, I want to give another little illustration, if I can, here. I'm going to ask this gentleman to stand up, and um, would you pick your chair up? And I want you to watch him. He's going to pick up this chair, and he's going to put it right over here. All right? Yeah. There you go. Now, did he pick that up with his nose? No, stay right here. He picked it up with his hands. In Proverbs 18 and 21, it says, Death and life, death and life, you could also say sickness or health, lack of prosperity it's in the power of the tongue the hebrew language is very graphic it pitches your tongue just like a hand see your just like your your tongue can speak to something <clears throat> your hand can pick up an object it can release an object now i want you to take this chair and turn it completely around in the opposite direction his hand is turning this chair completely around you see that your tongue is pictured like a hand. Just as your hand can turn your situation around, you can speak to every situation and turn it completely around. Thank you. Life and death, sickness and health, is not in the power of cancer. It's not in the power of COVID. It's in the power of the tongue. So we need to get a revelation of how much power we have on the inside of us. You know... Uh, let me just read this. Power is a force. Power can exist without being activated. So it is with faith. We all have been given faith, but it can do nothing until it is activated. It's just like if you were a very poor person and you have no shoes to protect your feet. So I give you shoes so your feet can be warm and protected from the rubble. But you never wear the shoes. Well, then you might as well not even have the shoes. They're useless. Well, so it is with faith. We've all been given faith. But if we don't use it, huh, might as well not even have it. It's useless unless we use our faith. Does this help you today? Yes. Okay, I want to, um, you know, before the fall of man, Adam and Eve, they knew no sickness. There was no sickness in the human body. Now, we know, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that God made the human body. We all agree on that? That God made this by the by the body. This is God's holy written word. So He made both. This is God's word. This is God's body. So when He made the human body, knowing that it's now going to be subject to sickness and disease because of the fall, He prepared something that would heal the body that He made. So He gave us the holy written word to heal the body. Therefore, because the word is from God. The body is from God. He made this body to always want to respond to his medicine. And his medicine, made from God, will never do anything but want to heal the body that God made. They both have an assignment. My body will never reject this medicine. And this medicine will never cause an allergy or anything else to my body. Both are from God. They both have an assignment to work together. Isn't that awesome? Yes. It's simple, simple, simple. So your body will never reject the word.
the word will never reject the body. They're both from God, and they have an assignment from God to work together. It's just like seed and soil. God made the seeds, and God made the soil. The soil will never reject the seed. A seed will never reject the soil. I used to live up in the mountains near Tahoe. I would drive around up in Tahoe, and you could see a tree growing out of a rock because that little seed was flying, was breezed through the through the air and it landed on a rock where there was a little piece of dirt and that dirt and that seed they hooked up together and that tree just come right out of that rock <laughs> because they work together right. your body and the word work together amen it's so is so critical when i was back in bible school i used to i went to bible school at kenneth hagan's bible school back at raymond and we had brother hagan every day for our classes it was an awesome time to be there and after Bible school, we had healing school and prayer school in the afternoon. And so I went to everything. But in prayer school, um, Brother Hagen would be teaching prayer school, and I would uh, fall asleep. I wasn't used to all those people praying for an hour. I thought, oh my goodness, I thought, I can't fall. This is Brother Hagen. I can't don't let anybody see me falling asleep. Because he would say, you can kneel down at your chair there. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to kneel down. And pretty soon my head would go down. And I thought, oh. And I would wake up, I thought, oh, I can't do this. Not in Brother Hagin's class. So I thought, I have to practice this at home. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start setting the alarm for 5 o'clock. I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock, and I'm going to pray, because I normally would get up for school at 6 o'clock. So I'll pray for an hour. I'm going to practice this. Well, it was, uh, I think it was about October, and I woke up that morning, the alarm went off, and ooh, it was chilly in the house. Well, I'll just pray here in bed where I can stay warm. Uh-huh. Ten minutes later, I woke up again. And you know what I did? Because I was just learning about spirit, soul, and body. So I realized my spirit is like a parent. And I looked at my body and my soul as they were my two children. And I said to my body, I said, that was bad behavior, falling asleep like that. So you're going to have to get out of bed. So I made my body go sit on the sofa, gave it a blanket. I said, now you sit there, don't you move. So now we're going to pray. So all three of us, spirit, soul, and body, we're all just praying away. And within, I think it was maybe five minutes, my other child, my mind, wandered off into the kitchen. What should I have for breakfast today? And I had to tell my mind, you be quiet. You be quiet. You get back in this prayer room. So we're all three there sitting on the sofa. Another five minutes, that mind child wandered off into the closet. I wonder what I should wear to school today. <laughs> mind, be quiet. So I told my, I, I realized I need to have my mind have a focus. So now we're going to focus. We're all going to sit here and we're going to focus. We're going to pray for Brother Hagen. We're going to pray for Bible school today. And within, within about a week, I was able to control my thinking. It was easy to make my body sit up in the chair. But I was able to control my thinking, and I accomplished. I was able to learn to pray for a whole hour without falling asleep when I'm in class. <laughs> but just as I could, I spoke to my body and I spoke to my mind. I'm, I'm sure that some of you have spoken to your children and say, "No, it's, it's time to come and eat. It's time to go to bed." You tell your children, "It's time to brush your teeth." You can tell your body, "It's time." for you to take the medicine. You tell your body, you, can't, don't re you, you cannot reject, so your body, you line up with the medicine. 
body, you take the medicine and you receive the medicine. Because it's the body that's going to challenge you. The, the word isn't going to change, but you've got to have that thinking right and be fully persuaded. This medicine is going to heal this body because it was designed by God to heal it. So I can speak to my body and tell it, stop thinking about the negative reports. Mind, you stop thinking like that. You think in line with the word. It says, by his stripes you are healed. Now, body, you line up and receive the word of God. You have to get disciplined. You have to discipline your body and your mind. But you can speak to your body because it was, it was healed by the Lord over 2,000 years ago. Does this help you? It makes sense that you have to really speak to yourself. It's just like if you have a BMW and you need to get parts for your car, well, you're, you're going to get BMW parts for a BMW car. Or you're going to get Mercedes parts for a Mercedes or a Honda. Have Honda parts for Honda. This is God's body and it takes God's medicine. They two go together. Just like the certain parts for your car, they have to go together. Now, I want to turn to, um, how are we doing on time here? We okay? In John chapter 8, verse 32. John 8, 32, it says, you shall know the facts. No, no. See, more people know more about the facts than they do about truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The facts will not help you. You have to know the truth. And then at Colossians 3.16, it says, let the word of Christ, I like to say it like this, let the word of truth live in you richly. Amen. That next word, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word richly is so critical because it's telling us what level to have the word in us. You can have the level, the word of in you on a low level. If the word is low, you're going to get low level results. Yes. If the word is in you on a medium level, you're going to get medium level results. But God said, have the word in you on a rich level so that you can have rich level results. Amen. It's so important that we have the word in us richly, richly, richly. You know, living in California, uh, we can have earthquakes. Be calm, peace. Be calm, earth. <laughs> but we can have earthquakes. But when they build those tall buildings in Los Angeles or San Francisco or even San Diego, when they build those tall buildings, they make them as earthquake-proof as they can. Do you know when they do it? Before the earthquake, not in the middle of it. So that's why every day you want to renew your mind and have the word in you every single, every single day. See, the wise man built his house upon the rock before the storm, not in the middle of the storm. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, that the devil goes around as a roaring lion. Now, I've been to Africa on many occasions. I actually had to sleep in a tent in lion territory. It was not my most comfortable hotel. <laughs> but uh, I watched, I could see the lions when they catch their prey. Do you know what kind of prey a lion attacks? Yes, a weak one. Why? Why a weak one? Because he knows it's easy to devour a weak prey. Well, the devil goes around as a lion He's looking for Christians who have the word in them on a low, weak level. Because he knows I can devour those Christians. Because the word is low and weak. You see why you have to have the word in you on a rich, rich, rich level. And the word, you know, it says in John 6, 63, Jesus says, It is a spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
But the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Just like you have to worship in spirit and life, you have to speak the word from your spirit, not from your head, not just lip service. It has to come from your spirit. And then when you speak that word, God can put life on it. But the only way that happens is by you put it in you on that rich level. Amen. Now, I want to have my three volunteers come back so I can promote them. I promise that before we leave, I'm going to promote them. This is just a happy day, John. Happy day, happy day. Very good day. <laughs> okay, we're going to role play. Now, when, when you, uh, well, first of all, let me say, if you go to a doctor, and the doctor says he's going to give you a physical examination, which one's going to get the physical examination? This one, right? Mm -hmm. The body's going to get the physical examination. But after he examines your body, he may say, oh, I'm so sorry to tell you, you have, we'll say, COVID. Or you have cancer. He, or you have diabetes. He uses the word you. You have. Which one's you? This is you. You don't have COVID over there. You don't have cancer over there. You don't have allergies or diabetes. But he said you. If your mind is not renewed to the word of God, it's going to grab hold of that negative report because of fact, because of fear. And you're going to start, you're going to call pastors, your friend, everybody, pray for me because I have. And you're taking ownership of something that doesn't belong to you. And so then you, be, you will, will be defeated. So you have to, don't, don't listen to Mr. Google. He's just going to saturate you with those facts. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask um, one other person. I'll let you come up here. No, I'll have, Chris, you can come up here. You are either one. What do I mean? We're going to role play. You can stand right in front of John, actually. Face it. Yeah, oh, face it. No, don't face it. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, John. Now, we're going to role play, and I'm going to let you... What is your name? Steve. Steve is going to be Jesus after the cross. It's a good thing. John, you're going to be the Holy Ghost. Elijah, or Andre, you are going to be God. Just for, just for a few moments. <laughs> the devil, because I don't like people to volunteer to be the devil, <laughs> and Chris, pillar of the church. How's that sound? So one day, now Chris, born again, spirit filled, on fire for God, one day the devil attacks her with sickness and disease, but she doesn't have the word in her as well as it should be, so she begins to plead and beg for Jesus to heal her. So she turns and she's praying to Jesus, but nothing happens. Jesus over here. I'm sorry, you guys can take these down. But, but nothing happens. And she's begging, but this, the devil just keeps coming at her worse. She's getting worse and worse. The whole church is praying. But nothing happens. Why? Because she's asking Jesus to do something he's already done. See, Calvary was so well done in one act, it needs never to be repeated. Never going to have to be repeated. So nothing is happening to her. So I want you to turn around. And one day she's reading the word of God. And the Lord says, Chris, behold, I have given you authority to trample over serpents, over scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm you. So now instead of praying and talking to Jesus, she, she addresses the devil. And she says, spirit of infirmity, I pull you down from your position of authority. I break that power assignment you have against me, for it is written. When she does that, before she was 
still born again, spirit filled, but de being defeated. Now she begins to release the power that's already there all this time. She now releases that power, and look what happens to her. Holy Spirit, put both your hands on her shoulders. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's not the doer. He's the helper. He's going to help her to get strong in her inner inner being. That she'll not get weary in the fight. He's going to help her. Give her wisdom. Give her direction. Look what else happens. Jesus, put your hands on her shoulders also. So up here, her shoulders. The Holy Spirit's doing good. So, so the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. What is he doing? He's always praying for Chris. Always praying for you and for me. I think we forget that Jesus is constantly interceding for us. That's awesome. Look what else happens. God, put both your hands up there. Now, when she spoke the word of God from her spirit, she ignited the power of the Holy Spirit. She's got Jesus interceding. I don't know what Jesus is praying, but you can be sure he's got all the bases covered. And now God, when he hears those words, it says the words are spirit and life. When he hears her speak the word of God, he puts life on those words. Amen. And when she takes authority over the devil, it's not an option. He has to flee. Yeah. And if you look at her now, for a moment, you looked at her and she was being defeated. You look at her now, the devil doesn't see flesh and blood. The devil sees a spirit of life, of force, of authority, and all of heaven is now backing her up. A few moments ago, she was defeated. But when we take our authority and we are applying the word of God, all of heaven backs you up. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Sorry about your demotion, but <laughs> God is good. Amen. But we have to be a doer of the word. You have to do it. Not just know it, but you have to do it. So I pray this was a blessing to you today. This helped you today. So I just want to encourage you. I just, Lord, I pray that every word takes deep root into each and every heart today each and every heart, that they, they grab hold of this word, that it, it bears fruit in their life. And Father, we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, all the honor. And once again, Lord, I pray that we will see truth from the eye of the Spirit, and that that word will take deep, deep root into each and every heart, that we will have it in us on that rich, rich level. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I would like to ask if there's anybody here, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, is there anybody here you've never asked the Lord into your life? Is everybody saved? Raise your hand if you're all, you know, you know you're going to go to heaven. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. And I would encourage you to invite other people to come to service. Amen. Because we need to fill this place up to overflowing. Amen. And one last thing, is there anybody that you have sickness in your body? I would like just to, just to pray with you. But just to be encouraged that the word works. Everybody's doing good. Everybody's healthy. Well, let's just pray. Let's just pray together. You have, okay, you can, if you have something going on in your body, you can just stand up. I'm not going to call you up, but just stand up because of space. But if you need prayer for healing, don't ever let the moment pass you by. Hallelujah. Chris, if you want to pray something softly, you can. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You know what? I'm going to have you just to lay hands on the person that's close by you. Just lay hands. Because we all have the power to lay hands on the sick. Amen. And as I pr I'm going to pray for you. But I don't want you, this is not time for you to pray. This is a time 
for you to receive. Amen. So, Father, as I stretch out my hands towards each and every person, I release your healing power to flow. Every organ, every tissue, every cell in their bodies, I decree you healed and whole. So receive now. Be thou made whole. Every organ, every tissue, every cell, the bone, the blood, the marrow, every part of your body, be whole in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I want you just to receive that. And when you go home today, if there's a symptom that rises up, you speak to that. You speak to that symptom and say, you have to go. I give you no place. No place. Speak to it. Amen. So God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. Let me turn this over to you. Praise God. Wasn't that wonderful? A word in season. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Marilyn. We always appreciate you. We love you. Thank you. And happy that you're here. Hallelujah. Well, we can go home knowing that we are healed. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're going to take up our offering. Um, if you would like to donate and give to Dr. Marilyn's ministry, which is worldwide. I mean, she's here today among us, but she travels all over the world. She has traveled all over the world for years and has ministered all over and has seen amazing miracles, not only in her life, but in the lives of others. She is a wonderful soil to sow into. Um, we know that just from the seeds that we've planted into her life and into her ministry. We've, we've reaped our harvest from it, too. Um, so we encourage you to sow into her, into the word that you heard today. Um, and so anything that you would like to give to her, please just write on the envelope, uh, her name or just doctor or <laughs> just make it known that you, that it's going to her, please. All right. And so if you want to give, okay, okay. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, that we can give to the work of the ministry and father we can give in faith knowing that we can receive more seed to give more in faith hallelujah what a beautiful cycle you've set up for us father it's not just one seed sown in our life and that's it lord all throughout our life we can keep sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing lord for decades and decades and those seeds, Lord, are going to produce a harvest, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others. A harvest of salvation, a harvest of healing, a harvest of prosperity. These seeds that we plant, that we purpose within our hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. You may tell us certain denominations to, sh to sow and say, this is... You know, sow this. We're asking, we're seeking you, Lord. We want to. We want. Uh, well, we need a harvest. We're we're looking for our harvest. So you give us a, a certain number for us to to sow by faith, Lord. But in Corinthians it says that we purpose within our hearts. Hallelujah. So whether that be one dollar, whether that be a hundred dollars, Lord, it's what we purpose within our hearts, and we sow it by faith. 
expecting a harvest, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you and we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord Jesus. You are our high priest. It goes directly into the kingdom. Hallelujah. We give you honor and we give you praise. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to live by faith. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. What a tremendous life you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that we can do things for you here on earth as your body. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, this seed that we sowed today. Hallelujah. Into good soil. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, take this right here. Hallelujah. Well, thank you again, Marilyn, for being with us today. If everyone could just give a big hand clap for Dr. Marilyn Newbauer. We appreciate you very much. We appreciate your ministry. We love you. Hallelujah. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. There's, Like I said, there's cookies in the back. And also, Dr. Marilyn has... Um, has all of her books and CDs and her tools that are available in the back. So please take a look at them. There's some marvelous things that she has, has brought with her today. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Rejoice. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> Praise, there you go. Praise God. <laughs>